Hey guys, this is Everything Missing or Murdered Podcast. My name is Andrea. I hope everyone's having a great day today. Um, Nothing much in the way of news for me other than I'm probably going to be recording some episodes and uh, like just for days that I'm just not, you know, in the best of moods, especially lately. I've just been getting really anxious and stressed out. So don't worry, I'm okay. I just... um, I just think it'd be better so that way I don't feel, like, stressed out about, oh, I got to make sure I record this. Um, it's just important to talk about true crime, and true crime helps me a lot. But I feel like I need to take care of myself sometimes instead of instead of that. Um, or otherwise, I'm not going to be very helpful to people. So I want to try. I want to do my best at this. And uh, happy Pride Month, everyone. It's so exciting to celebrate, and um, I hope everyone's having a great day. And 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 this case, um, this episode's going to have two cases. They're not very long. They're um, underwhelming in terms of lack of evidence, um, but they deserve to be found. They deserve answers. So let's get into this. Cindy Song was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen wearing a pink sleeveless shirt with a rabbit design imprinted on the front, rabbit ears, a white skirt with a cotton bunny tail on the back, brown leather knee-high boots, and a red knee-length hooded parka. Cindy has black hair and brown eyes. Cindy was born in South Korea, and she has her ears and belly button pierced. Cindy Song was born in Seoul, South Korea, which is a gorgeous area. I mean, a whole part of South Korea is gorgeous. Even North Korea is gorgeous. It's just, you know, unfortunate how they operate up there. But um, but it it is beautiful, and I've always wanted to go. Um, Cindy moved to the U.S. in 1995 to live with some family members in Springfield, Virginia. She graduated high school and enrolled in Penn State, where she majored in integrative arts. She was going to graduate during the spring of 2002. Now, I had to look up what integrative arts is because I had no idea. And integrative arts combines artistic and technological skills with an emphasis on artistic and creative methodology, transdisciplinary study of the arts, and engagement in the creative industries, all taking place within a social justice and decolonial framework. Some examples of this would be art history, music performance, music technology, dance studies, theater, film, and creative writing slash communications, which I didn't even know that that all was part of that. Heard of all of that stuff, but I didn't know that was part of the integrative. I guess it makes sense. It's, it's very interesting. Cindy Song went to a Halloween party during the early hours of November 1st, 2001 at the Players Nightclub in the 100 block of West College Avenue. She left from the party at 2 a.m., then went to a friend's house for two hours. Another one of Cindy's friends dropped her off outside her place in State College Park Apartments in the 300 block of West Clinton Avenue at around 4 a.m. She had been drinking and was kind of drunk when she was taken to her apartment. Cindy's song has never been heard from again. Cindy's friends reported her missing when she did not call anyone by November 4th. All of her things were in her apartment that included a backpack and her cell phone. 
you see that's that's always a red flag. I mean, I know around that time cell phones weren't like super huge then, but you know, just thinking if that happened now, like if I don't have my phone, there's something wrong. And that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but seriously, that's that's a telltale telltale sign that something's wrong. Cindy's purse and keys were gone. Her cell phone was turned off or the battery died, and she did not make um, any calls from the apartment after she got home. There was no sign of a struggle or foul play. Cindy's family came from South Korea after she went missing. They cleaned her apartment, which there could have been a lot of evidence that is probably gone now. And I understand everyone does things differently. Like they cope differently. My mom probably would have cleaned my place if I went missing. Not that it needs to be cleaned, but she, you know, it's just how some people cope or how some people deal with things. Um, I just don't think the police should have allowed them to do that, but you, you can't be everywhere at once. Cindy did not have any plans to leave. Her family said that, that it is not like her to leave without telling anyone. They also said that um, she was not suffering from any personal issues. There has been no activity on her credit card since she went missing. However, Cindy broke up with her boyfriend a month before she went missing, and some people think that she might have decided to leave or take her own life, which is really extreme to think that would happen. Um, but her roommate said she was getting over the breakup and was not depressed. Some people think that Cindy Song was taken from her apartment and others think that she might have been taken after walking to a store, which she wouldn't do a lot. But there is no evidence to support these theories, especially since there was like no foul play involved in the apartment, no signs of a struggle. So, I mean, if she was taken from the apartment, it was by somebody she knew. It wasn't um, against her will. I mean, it probably still was against her will, but she she knew the person, you know, so. Or if she walked to the store, like it was said. So, I mean, anything could have happened. The police originally thought this case could be a drug-related because um, in her diary, they found that she and her friends would smoke marijuana and take ecstasy, but there was no evidence in the apartment of any drugs um, I mean, I know she's not there to take a drug test or anything, but they didn't find anything in her apartment. The police got a tip from some woman in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, about 200 miles from where Cindy went missing. The witness said that she saw a woman that matched Cindy's description inside a car with an unknown man in the Chinatown district. This witness said that the woman called for help, but the man told the witness to leave. The witness changed their story a lot. And the police could not verify what this person was claiming. The person this woman saw had, um, the man, not the woman, had an olive or light brown complexion with medium length hair. The police said that this man is not a suspect in Cindy's case, but they would like to talk to him. A bank robber by the name of Hugo Solinsky was arrested because he had a lot of human remains who they think was between five to 12 people and they were found in the backyard of his house. None of them happened to be Cindy Song though. Hugo to the police, um, he told them that he and another man named Michael Krakowski Jr. saw Cindy on the night she went missing and thought she was a prostitute, which is insane to think that, um, 
Was it because how she dressed? I mean, that's messed up. They kidnapped her and kept her imprisoned in a walk-in safe in his house until she died. They then said they, um, well, then he said they buried Cindy in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. Michael could not say yes or no because he was one of the people who was buried in one of, in, in the back of Hugo's yard, which is crazy. Apparently, Hugo killed Michael after they found out he kept a souvenir from Cindy Song, which were her bunny ears. One of Hugo's friends told the police that Hugo boasted about killing Michael and Cindy. The police were not able to prove that Hugo Solinsky was actually involved in Cindy Song's disappearance, but they did not rule him out. He was acquitted of the murder charges against him, but was convicted of two counts of abuse of a corpse in March 2006. Now, I have no idea if he did anything to her, but if he didn't, why? I, I will never understand why people admit to things they didn't do. Obviously, maybe attention. I mean, he obviously killed some people because there was a lot of people that were found in his backyard, but it doesn't make sense to, to admit to something you didn't do. And then they talked about her bunny ears. I mean, I, that, I don't know if this case had any media attention much at the time. So it could have been in the newspaper. It could have been in the, um, in the news media, but the fact that they mentioned the bunny ears, I'm like, Oh, maybe they did have something to do with it, but there's like no evidence to suggest that he had anything to do with it, unfortunately. Minority groups of the Penn State College criticized both law enforcement and university officials for the lack of progress in her case. The police um, said they have investigated every lead, but there is a lot that there is not that much evidence to begin with. I'm not sure why some cases get solved rather quickly, like the Gabby Petito case. Now, I'm not saying she didn't deserve to be solved. I'm not saying she didn't deserve the immediate attention she got. Um, but what I am saying, you compare that to others like Brandon Swanson, the Burger Chef murders, and Cindy Song, just to name a few. I mean, maybe because Gabby Petito's case had a lot of evidence and a lot of media coverage. Um, and these cases that I mentioned have like hardly any media attention and lack of evidence. Um, I mean, I guess that would make sense. Um, but it's just stressful, you know, like, I, I don't know why some cases get so much attention like they get. And then other cases just sit on a shelf and collect dust. It's just really upsetting and frustrating. I just think that all cases should be treated the same. And yeah, so I really hope this case gets solved soon. The police do not think that the witness that um, claimed to have seen a woman that looked like Cindy Song. They do not think that that was Cindy Song at all, which, I mean, it could have been. I mean, she did, this person did change her story a lot. Um, so it could be because of attention. She was confused or maybe she really did see Cindy and she just couldn't explain herself. Right. You know, it could have multiple of things. 
In 2014, there were seven other bodies found on Hugo Solinsky's property, and they did look into seeing if one of the bodies was Cindy Song, but I have not seen anything as of yet if it was actually her. I mean, I feel like if it was Cindy Song, they would have said something, and I haven't seen anything. Um, this is where her case stands today. I hope that soon her family can get the answers they deserve and that um, Cindy Song will be brought home soon. And that's everything I have for that one. It's, like I said, it's, I originally was going to say that the second one had less, um, had like underwhelming amount of non-evidence out there, but this one doesn't have a lot of evidence either. It's just disturbing. Um, and there's no suspects. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, they have Hugo as a suspect, I guess, but that like he was never named, so I'm not sure. They just looked into him as a person of interest, but he hasn't been like publicly named, so you, I can't really say if he did anything or not. Um, I mean, he definitely murdered people, but I can't say that he did anything to Cindy. All right. Amy Bechtel was 24 years old at the time of her disappearance. Amy has blonde hair and blue eyes. Amy has scars on both shins and knees, a checker-shaped scar on her lower back, and a scar on her left cheek. Amy Bechtel left her apartment in Lander, Wyoming on July 24, 1997 to run some errands for a house she bought with her husband of one year, Stephen, uh, Steve Bechtel. Amy was seen at a store in town at around 2.30 p.m. The employees described Amy as in a hurry and looked at her watch a lot. The police think Amy left the store and drove to Shoshone National um, Forest to check the course of the upcoming 10-kilometer run that was going to happen with her gym. She has been seen running around the Loop Road, which, um, which is like right around the forest area. A footprint that is similar to what she was wearing was found, but it was destroyed before police could 100% match it. Amy is an avid runner. She was never seen again. Steve Bechtel came back to the apartment at around 4.30 p.m. He was out hanging with some friends and moving stuff into the new house most of the day. Steve was not concerned right away um, about Amy but he called the police when Amy did not come home by 10.30 p.m. There's not very many errands that take all that time, though, so that's kind of odd not to be a little worried even before then. But um, but I'm a worrywart, so I would probably be calling the phone constantly. This is 1997, so <laughs> you couldn't really do that. Um Amy Bechtel drives a white Toyota station wagon that was found abandoned along the Loop Road in the Wind River Mountains area, um, near Shoshone National Forest. Her keys, her sunglasses, and her to-do list for that day were inside the car, but her wallet was not there. There was no other sign of Amy or where she could be and no foul play by the looks of the car. The police look at Steve at first, and searched his journals for any idea where Amy could be or what happened to her. Steve wrote about a need to control in his journal and also wrote a poem that involved murdering a person then hiding their remains. Yeah, that does sound weird, but 
that doesn't mean he actually did anything. I know people who write about murder for a living for fiction. And is it odd? Yes. But does that mean they are doing anything wrong? No. It's still weird, but it's not weird. You know what I mean? Like, people have their own thing. Um, so I can't really say that that is alarming to me. But then again, you know, I'm not a police officer. I'm not investigating the case. So I can't really tell you why they think that that automatically meant that he might have done something to her. But anything is possible, honestly. A woman who was out camping in Shoshone National Forest on June 27th told the police that she saw a truck that is similar to Steve's truck speeding through the park early that night. The woman said that she saw an unknown blonde woman in the passenger seat. It is not known if this relates to Amy's case, though. Acquaintances of Amy and Steve Bechtel gave a different statement about their relationship. Some said it was an ideal relationship, but others said that Steve was jealous and would often belittle Amy and that her demeanor changed whenever she was around him. Steve's lawyer told him to stop cooperating with the police and refuse a polygraph test. Well, like I have said many times, whether you pass one or not, it does not make you guilty or innocent. To me, anyways. Steve says he is innocent and thinks the police focused on him because they don't have any real evidence or any other suspects in Amy's disappearance. He was interviewed only once by the police and he refused to speak with them anymore after he said the questions seemed accusatory. Innocent until proven guilty is what should be said here. Um, yes, some behavior is weird. Like he didn't call the police right away, but to be honest, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of late at night to be like saying, okay, I'm not really worried, but I am worried because it's 1030 and I need to call the police. But, you know, but I, I don't know. 1030 is really late to be running errands still. Um, and then the writings in his journal about wanting to control. I, I guess I can see where the police would be suspicious of him, but I don't think they should have the whole focus on just him because there isn't really any evidence. Steve remarried years after Amy went missing and still lives in the house they bought. A suspect in Amy's case, another suspect I should say, is Dale Eaton. He was convicted of rape and murder of an 18-year-old girl named Lisa Kimmel. The police think that Dale Eaton might be the Great Basin Killer, a serial killer that might be responsible for the murders of at least nine women in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and Nevada between 1983 and 1997. His brother says that Dale was in the Lander area when Amy Bechtel went missing. Dale Eaton refuses to talk about her disappearance and has never been charged in any other cases besides Lisa Kimmel. I mean, that's interesting, but uh, I don't know. Amy graduated from the University of Wyoming in 1995. She is described as shy, quiet, disciplined, and goal-oriented. She likes rock climbing and amateur photography and one day wanted to become an Olympic marathoner. Amy's family still looks for her. Amy's case is still unsolved. I read an article that more than 500 people searched a 20-mile radius for Amy Bechtel. After eight days, they had to call it off, though. 
On Steve Bechtel's phone records, he made a call from his house at 4.43 p.m., and that was around the time the woman that was camping saw a truck that fit Steve's truck. That area is about a 45-minute drive from Steve and Amy's apartment, so I, I get why the police originally looked at Steve. You have to look close to home because it's not super often when a stranger does something to someone. That does happen, yes, but it makes sense to look at home first, although keeping the focus on him and only him at that time could also hurt the case. You shouldn't just look at one person unless all evidence points to him, but since there doesn't seem to be any evidence at all really to speak of, it doesn't make sense to just put your focus on one person. Um, Steve Bechtel and had Amy Bechtel declared legally dead seven years later. He thinks a stranger could have kidnapped Amy or someone accidentally hit her and disposed of her body in a panic. I'm not at all sure what happened to Amy Bechtel. The severe lack of evidence and not at all knowing where she could be really is frustrating and I can't imagine what her family is going through. Now, I go. I googled the Shoshone National Forest and it is 2.4 million acres. The forest has over 1,300 miles of trails, 32 campgrounds, and 11... 11 picnic sites. The route, the, I can't speak, sorry. The loop road uh, where her truck was found, or not truck, her car, see, I can't speak, <laughs> is a 70 mile drive that starts and ends in Lander, Wyoming. On this trip, you will go through Sinks Canyon, past several high mountain lakes, and you come back through the South Pass area and Red Canyon. So much ground to cover, honestly. And Amy loved to run, so this would be perfect for her. But seriously, it's an overwhelming amount of ground to cover. And if you follow the loop road on Google Earth, there's even more ground to cover. It's crazy. She could be anywhere. And I even looked at the forest. The forest is insane. It's it's just, it's so huge. Um, I know some comments about the case I saw. Someone said that they didn't understand why she left her keys but took her wallet. I don't know. I probably would have taken both, but who knows. I hope someday everything is figured out and they get some kind of evidence of what happened to her. It's a very odd case and it needs to be figured out. I hope her family gets the answers that they deserve and Amy can be brought home. This is where her case stands today. And it's really unfortunate what happened to her um, and what happened to Cindy's song. It just doesn't make sense that it hasn't been figured out yet. Now, um, before I go, I did look up um, Lisa Kimmel's case and she, she does look similar to to Amy Bechtel, um, she's younger than Amy Bechtel, but she looks, she looks similar. I mean, she's got the same sort of, I'm not saying that he did anything to Amy Bechtel, but, um, she does look similar. And I did read, um, an article that I'm going to be posting in the, uh, in the show notes, um, that came out on March 25th of this year. And, uh, the title says convicted murderer Dale Wayne Eaton resentenced 30 years after disappearance of Lisa Marie Kimmel. And um, it says that, uh, well, he was found guilty in 2004 of the premeditated murder, rape, and kidnapping of Lisa Kimmel, um, but he was resentenced at 
a hearing in the 7th District Court in Casper on Friday, March 25th, exactly 30 years after the last confirmed sighting of Kimmel. Her body was discovered in the North Platte River in April 1988. The case subsequently went unsolved for 14 years until DNA evidence linked Eaton to the murder in 2002. After his conviction in 2004, Eaton initially faced the death penalty, but that was later overturned. So, and then um, Dale Eaton appeared in prison on Friday, pushed into the courtroom in a wheelchair. The hearing came after two previously scheduled resentencing hearings were postponed. He had been scheduled to be resentenced on January 21st of this year, but the Wyoming Department of Corrections failed to deliver him to the hearing. He was sentenced Friday by Judge Daniel Forgy to life imprisonment without parole for um, on the count of first-degree premeditated murder, followed by sentences of 40 to 50 years for three counts of felony murder to be served consecutively. He received 20 to 25 years on counts of aggravated kidnapping, aggravated robbery, and first-degree sexual assault to be served concurrently. He definitely will knock it out. Let's just say that. Um, it horrible what happened to that poor girl. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had to look her up because I was curious w what she looked like. And she's a beautiful girl and uh, was a beautiful girl, I should say. Um, but yeah, she definitely looks her and, and uh, Amy look pretty similar. So it's just interesting to see that. I had to look it up because I was like, why would they think that? I mean, there's absolutely no evidence. I, I understand that he was in the area at the time that she, you know, Amy went missing. But there's no evidence against him either. There's no evidence, period. But um, if police think that there's a serial killer out there, which they did think, um, then I guess it makes sense. I don't really know if there was a serial killer in that area, but... Um, I'm, I'm assuming all the girls, I haven't seen the list of the other nine yet, which I'm probably going to look at um, because they haven't been solved. Um, but uh, I am curious what those girls look like too, because if they all look similar, I guess I can see why they would originally think that it was serial killer. Um, but yeah, so I will post this article in the show notes. And um, I, yeah, like I said, I really hope Amy gets to come home soon and we get to know everything that happened to her. It's just really sad. And I hate when there's cases with lack of evidence. Like I hate it. It's like, how is there no evidence on this poor woman? How is there nothing, nothing? And then Cindy song, like it, how do cases like this not get talked about? How do they just sit there and nothing happens? It's I'm not a police officer. I have no idea what police officers go through. Um, so I'm not sure what, what happened there, but I really hope that it's found, um, all this is figured out and both these young women get to come home and, and be with their families and, and, um, justice will be served. You know, I just, I just hope that happens. And that's everything I have for you guys. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate all the listens and, uh, I will talk to you next time.